wrestling not against flesh and blood. And we talked about it last week, but I had a few people come up to me after the message and, and said a few things, and I go, you know what, I think we need a part two. So we're going to bring in a part two because let's talk, talk about what Jesus did in wrestling against flesh and blood. So Lord, I ask you, Lord, this message would penetrate the hearts of every heart here, Lord, and that you would speak to them according to your divine intervention into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, last week we talked a little bit about knowing your enemy. We've got to know our enemy so that we'll know how to fight the enemy when it comes because it's not with each other. Can we agree that it's not with people? It's what's in the people that we're fighting with. Amen. Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12, I'm just going to reiterate, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We know for sure that we're in a spiritual battle. And if we were to open up our eyes, the Lord would allow us to see what's going on in the spirit. We would see angels all around. We would see the enemy on the outside trying to come in. All over. We, we would see a lot. But praise God, we don't see those things. I think we've all seen a few things in our life. But if we saw more than that, we wouldn't want to be here. You know, We wouldn't want God to take us home because that's way too much. Over the top. Well, one of the things we have to do in order to deal with this spiritual work going on in our lives is taking your thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians 10 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that means flesh and blood, but mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We have to take our thoughts captive. Do you know we have over 66,000 thoughts a day or more? We have a lot of thoughts. What is going in and out of our brain all day long, you have to go, uh, who's that? Who's speaking? Is it you, Lord, or is it the devil, or is it me? You see, we've got to ask. We have questions that we need to ask, right, Butch? We have to have questions that we need to ask. We say, ask ourselves, am I listening to this other kingdom? Am I listening to God? Well, one of the things that the Lord has given to me is we, we actually got to know the wiles of the devil, but we also need to know the weapons that we have to use against the wiles of the devil. Does that make sense? Love of God. Okay. And the other gift that you might have to wield against the devil is patience. All right. I have written 84 weapons of our warfare on a list that I refer to a lot because I need to be reminded that I have power in the blood of Jesus to defeat the enemy and his onset. Do you know the enemy doesn't come up with you with this? <laughs> a physical form of this? He comes to you in the form of your thoughts. Did, did you know it says that he comes against your thoughts, casting down imagination. See, he wants to work in your imagination. Okay, so I got a phone call yesterday from a lady, a, a friend of mine. I haven't talked to her, I don't know, for a while. And she sends this to me. This was yesterday. 
Did I say something to upset you? I apologize if I did. I'm sitting in emergency at Kaiser right now. Why would she think anything like that? And she's in the middle of getting a pulmonary embolism test done. Because I think she has a blood clot somewhere. She's thinking about me and what I would have felt because she might have said something to me to hurt my feelings. I haven't even talked to her. See how the enemy is going to do whatever he can to get you to think incorrectly? Here yesterday, I was thinking about, wow, God, you're so awesome. Out of the blue, somebody that I haven't talked to in a while, the enemy throws a dart. Bing. This person is this, and this person's doing that. This person's saying this, that I haven't talked to in months. And I says, aha, I see you, devil. You're trying to keep me upset. You're trying to keep me upset when I'm not upset. So whenever you're at peace, I guarantee you the enemy's at the door to rob you of your peace. That's all we got to say about that. You, you got to know that you have a mind and the enemy is going to use your mind as a vacuum if he can. And you have the, given him the ability to use it. You're responsible for what goes into your mind and what goes out of your mouth. Do you agree with that? I believe that we do have that. So I'm going to bring up Jim for a minute, if you don't mind, Jim. Years ago, in 2014, 13, I don't know, I interviewed you on a, on a TV show. Went over to uh, Jackson, and we did a, a television show together. And I interviewed him about what was I thinking. We are talking about this book. Your friend as well came along. He read the book. What was I thinking? Our minds can play tricks on us. And we have to gauge what we think against the word. If it's not saying it in the word, then I would gather it ain't right. The Bible tells us to what? Think good of all men. Do we? No. We think, oh, what are they thinking about us? Oh, why, do they, why are they acting this way? You know, we walk into a room and all of a sudden it gets quiet. Immediately you think they're talking about you. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to cause separation and division in our lives. He wants to cause doubt, distrust, to separate us from each other. He did a really good job with this COVID. What's the, well, the first thing that happened? Isolate yourselves. Oh my goodness sakes. Did he win on that, on that front? Oh yeah, he did. He did. But I'll tell you what, I took advantage of it. I got a lot of stuff done in my house that I normally would not have if I wasn't home. God worked it out for good. When I think that my mind starts to race, does your mind ever race and say things to you about other people or what they're thinking possibly? I think that we all do to a degree. And you know, I had to come to the conclusion because we can sit there and spin for hours and get all upset and get stressed without even leaving your chair because of what we're thinking. The Lord says he wants you to stay in peace. Now, is all that giving you peace? No. We are to take those thoughts captive. Anything that exalts itself over the knowledge of God. And you got to know God's knowledge to be able to know how to defeat him. Otherwise, you're going to be lunch for the enemy. Our battle is in the mind.
battle that's in our mind. It's the battle of truth. Who Jesus is. It's the battle. He wants you to doubt. He wants your heart. He wants you to believe a lie. When we're divided against ourselves, we're going to fall. Even in the Bible, it talks about Satan. It says if Satan divides itself against Satan, he will fall. Well, if we divide ourselves against each other, we're going to fall. I'm going to bring something up that Greg shared with me a little while ago. I need to speak this. We've been kind of going back and forth a couple of days on emails and such, and he's been after, after somebody in his neighborhood to talk to him about the Lord. And remember that message I gave on bait, on fishing, on different kind of fish. You have to have a different kind of bait. So I just encouraged him and said, just maybe use a different bait with this person. You know, I don't know. I don't, he's got to do what he's got to do, right? So he comes and tells me today that the guy, the guy told him, Greg asked him, why are you mad at me? And the guy says, because of what you said. You said I was an enemy of God. Greg apologized, and he goes, that's all I wanted. You see, sometimes if something keeps spinning in your head, if something keeps yelling at you and you, you try to get rid of it, you try to, and you can't, you better go to that person because you just need some clarity because you're believing a lie. We, we are, I, I bet Greg was thinking, I wonder what I did. I wonder what I said. Oh my gosh. I, oh, I hope I didn't make him run from God. Or I hope that I didn't ruin his chances. See, see what we do? We do that. But we have to go, uh, excuse me. The Lord says that he will take care of those who trouble me. Okay. And if I trouble myself, he's going to take care of me too. Amen. And I'm telling you, it has changed my life. Now, instead of spinning my wheels about something, I'll put it aside. If it keeps coming up, then I call the person. Like my friend, she loved me enough to say, Linda, did I hurt your feelings? Did I say something? Now, of course, her own thoughts were yelling at her about something. So obviously something was up in her for her to say that to me. But she treated me as a sister and a friend, and she trusted me with that comment. I thought that was beautiful, that she cared for me enough to ask me that question. I like that. But it was, what, does, um, what are some of the wiles of the enemy that he uses against us to separate us? And this is one of the things that one of our lady friends after church Sunday said to me, I always put on my whole armor of God. Right, Kendra? And so I want to bring that up. It's Ephesians 6.11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Whatever he's trying to throw at you. What does Matthew 5.44 say? But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. He's going to take care of those who trouble you. I always say that. I wrote it, I have a little closet, and I wrote it on my wall. He's going to take care of all those who trouble me. And in that, he's going to teach me also to forgive those who trouble me. So i got to do my part, too. I just can't lay it on God. i got to do my part. Enemy wants to lure us away. That's his wiles. Don't be caught off guard. Hebrews 4.12, for the, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the of dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and a discerner 
of the thoughts and heart. We also have to discern. We also have to know what the enemy's up to. We also have to discern what God is thinking, what God is saying. What all the what, We have to discern. But the Holy Spirit is the only one who could divide and cause us to choose rightly if we are in him. We need to go to this Bible every single time you have a question. You know, one day I said, Lord, I don't think all the answers are in here. <laughs> that was about 20 years ago, 15 years ago. I tell you what, all the answers are in here. I found all my answers in there. We need to go into the enemy's camp. We can't be afraid of the devil. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? Little Red Riding Hood. Well, you know what? We are not to be afraid of the enemy. The minute you recognize that the enemy is at work, he loses his power over your life. If you keep letting it happen and letting it be, and you know, you start taking it in and, and holding it in and holding it in and holding it in, the enemy has power. The minute you go blah, remember getting all the worms out. Get all the worms out. Open up that can of worms. Let them fly. You're going to be free. Jesus came to set us free by what? The truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So don't be ignorant of the wiles of the devil. Find out what they are. Find out what he's doing in that situation. Is he causing strife, division, anger, fear, all those things in there? 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this. If you allow all this unforgiveness and bitterness and everything to happen, it says Satan would get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So we can't be ignorant of what he's doing. So what are the things? What are some of the devices he uses? Situations, friends, maybe? How about addictions, wants, comparing ourselves with one another, self-desires? See, he's trying to use these things to pull you away from the knowledge and the truth of God. How did Jesus fight Satan? That's what I'm getting to. How did Jesus fight Satan? <clears throat> I'm going to read in Matthew 4, 1. Matthew 4 and 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said... If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made of bread. And Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And said to him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time you shall dash your foot against a stone. Isn't it interesting how the devil knew the word of God? Oh, you know what? This is what God said. He's going to do this for you. We got to know. We got to discern who's speaking. People. We got to discern. Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again, the devil takes him up into exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said to him, all these things will I give to you. That means he had dominion over those things, doesn't he? He, he had the authority to give Jesus these kingdoms. Have you ever thought about that? 
And then the, the Lord says this, Get behind me, Satan, get thee hence, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. I want you to learn today to say this, Get hence, behind me, Satan. Every time you come in contact with somebody, you can, don't have to say it to them, because what did, what did Jesus do to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. You know why? Was was it wrong to say, oh Lord, I don't want you to go through that. I don't want you to go through that. That's going to be a horrible thing. Now, does that sound like a good thing? Doesn't that sound like somebody who cares about you? But what does Jesus say? He said, you are thinking of yourself. You're thinking of man. You're savoring those things, and you're not savoring the things of God. So we have to ask ourselves, are we believing what we're believing is God or not? See, we can be deceived. We can all be deceived. We need to know how to fight the enemy with it is written. Now, I want you all to say this with me. As some of you are falling asleep. <laughs> Wake up. Uh, I want you to say this with me. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Say it again with feeling. Get behind me, Amen. Okay, so you don't necessarily need to tell that to somebody's face. But you can say it under your breath, okay? You can say, get behind me, Say it All right. It's going to change your relationship right there. Because you're not allowing the enemy to use you as a ping pong ball anymore. Remember I talked to you last week. The enemy just sits back and goes like this, back and forth, because you're playing with each other and you're doing your garbage back and forth. He doesn't need to help you anymore because you've been listening to what he's been saying. We need to communicate with one another and say, you know, wow, I understand now. I understand. We talked about understanding the other night. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I was so excited that I understood that those lights in the sky were not alien ships. I thought they were alien ships. I was driving to Bible study. It was a Wednesday night, and it was a last Wednesday night? No, the week before. Was it? Okay, anyway. But, it, I mean, I'll tell you what. Tom pulls over. I was hitting him. Don't pull over. Keep going to the church. <laughs> I was really upset, and I thought, why was I so afraid? Because I didn't understand. Doesn't understanding give you peace? Yeah. Well, now that I understand that they were Venus and Saturn? Mars. Mars? Whatever. Yeah, whatever. The two planets, okay? They were called, called kissing each other. I understood now. I wasn't afraid anymore. Oh. So I asked God, why was I so afraid? Because of what I was thinking. I had watched some alien movies in the past. And I thought for sure I was going to be abducted and my brains were going to be sucked down, all kinds of stuff. I was all over the place. I'm sure that's just how it was. <coughs> because I said, Lord, I'm, I, I just said, Lord, I'm, forgive me for not trusting you with these two things in the sky. I had to repent. And then I got my peace back. And whether I ever found out what it was or not, I got my peace back. Because he's in charge of the stars in the sky. He's in charge of celestial beings, the Bible says. Terrestrial beings, it says. So why am I freaking out? Because for a moment, I forgot who I was. Has anybody ever forgot who you were? I, I hope that I'm not the only one. Because I forgot in that moment who I was. And 
it gripped me. The Bible says that perfect love cast out the fear. Well, I wasn't being made in perfect love at the moment. I was in my own fear. So the Lord delivered me from that. So like I said with Simon Peter, huh? Peter thought he was saying something good. Have you ever said something good? But you're good and good enough? You're helping ain't helping? Has that ever happened to you? Did Jesus know the voice of his enemy? Yeah, he was able to hear the voice of the enemy because he told that to Peter. He heard Satan's voice come out of Peter. So when somebody's talking to you, can you listen and go, taking every thought captive, taking every word captive, what are they saying to me? Is that in the Bible? So you know what? This is what you would do. I would do this if I were you, and I do it. Hey, what you just said, let's see if we can find it in here. Do a little Bible study with someone. I think it's cool. I could be corrected in that. They could be corrected in that. Let's see what Jesus said. Let's see what God has to say. Sometimes we are used of Satan and we don't even know it. Luke 22:53, And I really like this passage. I'm in the book of Luke right now doing my reading. Jesus knew Satan. Jesus knew who Judas was. Before Judas knew who Judas was. Matter of fact, the Bible says that Satan entered Judas. He just wasn't a psychological defect or some weird thing on his shoulder. It went into him. And this is what Jesus said. When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. He knew the enemy. He knew he was in darkness, and he knew it was coming against him. We need to know when the enemy is coming against us, too. It's not people. It wasn't the Romans that killed Jesus. It was the power of darkness that killed Jesus that was in them. So we need to put on our whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God, because it will quench the fiery darts of the enemy. What are the fiery darts? Thoughts. Thoughts of what people may say or do to you. Jesus said something very interesting, and I've never read this before. Luke 22, 40, and I want you to repeat this after me as a memory verse, you might say. Luke 22, 40. Say that with me. Luke 22, 40. And Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation. Say that with me. Pray that you enter not into temptation. Pray that you enter not into temptation. Do you know you can pray for yourself to not enter into temptation? See, we're busy praying for everybody else and all their stuff, but we need to stop and also say, Lord, I pray that I do not enter into temptation. We can pray that for ourselves. And so I wrote that on the wall in my little closet. Pray you enter not into temptation. What are the temptations that I'm going to believe when something's being said in my brain? That's the temptation that comes. When I'm thinking about that chocolate cake, when I'm thinking about that uh, alcohol or that cigarette or that movie or that place, what am I thinking? That's where I'm, you know what? Where my thoughts go, my body follows. Where my thoughts go, my body follows. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So what's the answer? What is the real answer to all this? Love. 
That's one of that's the mainest weapon we can use in our warfare against the enemy. We're studying in the books of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John right now on Wednesday nights, I believe, which is all about love. And so we are here to love. We are here to demonstrate love. We're God's hands, feet, mouth, and, and heart. So the bottom line is the love fulfills all the law. It talks about that in James. Romans 13, 8 says this, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loves has fulfilled the law. You want to be under a law? Then love. There is no law against loving. God is love. When we love, we're loving God. Any spiritual battle we have to face is always defeated by love. Love is, if you look at that love chapter, and again, we you we know the love chapter, but have you looked at it recently? Did you take the test and put your name in there that I love all the time because love will defeat the enemy? Every situation that you come into contact with all comes out of love. Psycho Kenny Rogers, Kenny Rogers says this, we need to know when to hold them, when to fold them, and when to walk away. That's discernment. We talked about shaking the dust off your feet if they don't receive you. Now, okay, let me ask you this question. I just need to have a thought here. When are you supposed to shake your feet off? When you've done everything you can to talk to that person, when you've done everything you can, chasing them down the street, right? <laughs> I mean, when are you done? When are you done? What did Butch say earlier? Moses never stopped. I think that's a good lesson for us. I don't care if we have a, a caveat of, okay, you can just shake the dust off and move on to the next town. No, I think it's harder to love them in their dust and dirt. I don't think we want to stop. I think we want to keep on keeping on. And though they might, and there's other scriptures that say don't cast your pearls to the swine, but again, when do you stop casting your pearls to the swine? One year, two years, 10 years, 25 years? Did Jesus ever stop for us? No, and I don't think, Greg, you're going to stop either for your friend. I don't think I'm going to stop communicating with other people about my thinking because I don't know about you, but don't you want to be loved, appreciated, well thought of. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure you do. I, yeah, you might not want to, but I'm pretty sure you do. You really do care what people think about you. What about what you think about? Your thinking is what's gonna make it or break it. We need to take every thought captive, know how to operate in every situation. So I'm gonna challenge you right now. If you're still being tormented in your mind about something, could be something that happened yesterday, last week, 20 years ago. It just keeps coming up like a bad penny. You gotta take that thought captive today. I don't want you to leave these doors with that thing in you anymore. You need to be free. When you come to this church, come into a congregation of people, you need to be free when you leave because you got enough for tomorrow to take care of when tomorrow hits. Doesn't the Bible say that? Take no thought for tomorrow because there's way too much to happen and then tomorrow you got to take care of what's today. So let's take care of what's today. 
So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to bow your heads, and I want you to think about it for a moment. Think of that person that has either abused you, said something bad, or maybe you just think they are, you know, just a thought that's messing with you. Whether it's a big item, a little item, a little bit can spoil the whole lump. So take a thought right now of that individual. See their face. See their face. It could be somebody sitting next to you. It could be somebody at home. It could be somebody down the street. It could be with yourself. <coughs> now I want you to say this. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Because again, people, remember, it's not them. It's what's in them. Saying, get behind me, Satan. In Jesus' name we pray.